them quite often. So uh, we always put Jeff in a sealed off room, so it'll just be Mike's turn to be in the sealed off room. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's very is, appropriate. Is it padded at least? Of course. Okay, because it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for it to not be padded. Okay, so um, today's fun. Are you recording? Yeah, I hit record when we started talking about padded rooms. Ah, very good. Because, you know, outtakes are nice. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh, So, are you gargling? And this is why I don't do podcasts with Jeff. There's nothing, there's just quite, there's just not, just... (laughs) There's nothing quite as good as a cold cup of joe. Doing a podcast with Jeff is like doing a podcast with Flea when he's in the middle of a concert. <laughs> Who's Flea? The bass player for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ah. <clears throat> I'll check him out. Sounds like he's a kindred spirit. Yeah, he's a funny guy. He's He seems really cool and down to earth. Um, I actually watched him on a episode of uh, Hot Ones today. Hey, did you guys see my list of uh, potential quasi, probably not a good idea, ideas? I did. I actually liked pretty much all of them, honestly. Um, so, you know, yeah, for, like for, for the people who aren't listening, um, for this podcast, we usually try to have topics to cover instead of my, you know, usual just random off the cuff crap. So... Let's start with the let's start from number one. So FedEx, you ha- you had some words to um, to say about FedEx. <clears throat> well, I with dog food. I think before that we should let Miguel have his moment in the sun and introduce himself. Okay, Miguel, go. Well, to the extent you want to. I mean, you don't have to, but you know. what do you want to know about me? Uh, <laughs> okay, so so Miguel is our. Um, Third, our new third member. <laughs> the newest um, member of the Elixirized community. Yeah, well, I thought we were going to change the name to like Javarize or something. Oh, <laughs> you, them's fighting words, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, my name is Mike. Uh, I've been doing front end for probably about. 15 years on and off. I had some health problems that uh, stopped me from working for probably about 10 years or so now. And so I've been doing a lot of coding on the side um, and uh, little projects here and there for nonprofits and churches and the occasional business or whatever. Um, and for friends. And now I guess I'm uh, playing around with you guys. 
Nice. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You know, we're all just playing around here anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, isn't that what we do? I kind of characterize it as lurching through the slog, but yeah. <laughs> I like the slog word. Oh, we're, yeah. We're always lurching through the slog. But that's pretty much what we do. Um, okay, so... Um, back to uh, the dog food. What happened with the dog food, Jeff? Yeah, I think the only way... The reason, <clears throat> the reason I think this is possibly appropriate... Um, but we'll see how much hate mail we get, is that, um, you know, we're a tech group, and, you know, when you're doing stuff like this, you're supposed to eat your own dog food. So I ordered a bunch of dog food for us to eat, and, um, <laughs> you know, it did uh, FedEx, who um, is, a, is an empty hulk of a shell of the great company it once was. Um, wow. Just, yeah, you guys are too young to remember that it actually was a great company at one point. Um, but it is, it is just a, an empty sack, as they say. And they, uh, they delivered it to the wrong house, you know. And I don't live in a neighborhood. I live out in the boonies. So you deliver something to the wrong house here, and uh, you're talking about a Hatfield versus McCoy kind of situation, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Mm, so you had to, like, Grab your shotgun and go over there and give them what for to get your dog food back. Oh, I have no idea where the dog food is. They, <laughs> they, they text you a picture and say, hey, it's delivered. What do you think? Check out the picture. You know, and it's who the hell you're like, that's not where I live. It, yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a close up of someone's porch, you know, with bricks and siding, you know. I'm sure that there are, is not one other house in the entire world that has bricks and siding. You know, I don't and, know. And your house has like stone and a drawbridge. It, it, you've, oh, have I sent you pictures of the drawbridge? <laughs> um, but you're right. We do have, we have lots of stone. We actually have no brick at all. Mm -hmm. um, we do have a drawbridge. And um, yeah, so, you know, there's a stark difference between stone and a drawbridge, you know, and bricks and siding. We do have siding though. So they got that part right. Anyway, the point is not so much <clears throat> that FedEx is useless because they are, um, and no one in the right mind would use them. But what just what just boggles my mind is that companies seem oblivious to the degree to which FedEx is ruining their brand. Mm. Um, I, I sent an email to Chewy. You know, Chewy is an online, mm -hmm. you know, pet supplier thing. Right. You know, one of them, they're all, you know, internet things. You know what I mean? The place and, you ordered from? Yeah. And they actually, actually, they're, they're owned by uh, PetSmart or one of those pet places, I think, hmm. now. But anyway, they, you know, they just blithely hand off their reputation to these shipping companies. And 20 years ago, that was a pretty safe bet because both right. FedEx and UPS were really good. Um, but, you know, they, and I... You know, I complain and send an email to Chewy and everything after going through the torture of opening a quote unquote case with FedEx. <laughs> Unbelievably worthless. Um, but anyway, and Chewy's response, of course, to be fair to the person, this is just a person 
you know, in some call center, you know, probably in some sweatshop somewhere, um, reading off of a script, you know, as they type in, or maybe it's just AI totally or whatever. But, um, you know, the, the party line is, well, you know, we'll open a case with FedEx too, and it, it might take two weeks. <laughs> it's like, how could you not understand? <laughs> What's that? I said, meanwhile, your dog starves. Is that how that works? Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, this is very much a first world rant. You know, I obviously can just go down the street. I mean, we are out in the country, so it's a few miles, but it's not, you know, it's not a either a budget breaker or a or a time breaker for me to just drive to a store and get dog food. Um, So. You know, it's different than if this was critical medical supplies that someone wasn't delivering. Sure. But um, but still, it just it just this is the kind of thing that just sets me off. Um, and you know, I told Chewy that if you can't figure out a different shipping company to use, I'm figuring out a different way to get my dog food. So there you go. You've heard it here on the podcast. Yes, I've thrown down the gauntlet. <laughs> Fix your shit, FedEx. Is that the gauntlet? Yeah. No, fix your shit, Chewy. FedEx, FedEx I've, I've given up on. There's no, there's oh, no point oh, in dealing oh. with them. Fair. In fact, I'm going, to, I'm going to contact all of the people that we get shipments from and tell them that I, re, I will refuse every shipment they send with FedEx from now on. <laughs> oh, I love nice. it. Throwing down the yeah. gauntlet. So, but the bigger point that this brought to mind, the reason I brought it up here or put it on the list is that you know, we have to be very careful as people in business, especially these, you know, tech facing quasi state of the art things, which Chewy is, you know, granted it's something as non techy as dog food. But, you know, I've been ordering from Chewy for a couple of years because one of the one of the um, dog food we get is prescription and they handle verifying with the vet in the background and all that stuff. And it's, you know, I do it for convenience and their whole shtick, you know, the whole shtick of businesses like that, especially businesses like this, where it's heavy stuff, which is expensive to ship. Mm-hmm. You know, there is only a business case if what they're providing you is, you know, some kind of level of convenience and time savings that makes it worthwhile for you doing that. Because it's, it's not costing us any less money, you know, because they have to factor in their shipping costs and all that. And I'm okay paying that. But, you know, you, when you pay for something, you need to get what you paid for. And we're not. And my, my point here is that, you know, it just reminds me that we all need to be careful of the vendors we use and the, the companies we partner with, the platforms that we use, because we are literally putting the fate of our company in their hands by using them, you know, as, a, as some kind of a business partner. Right. Definitely. Yeah, um, I had a um, not n- nothing along the lines of a lost shipment or anything. And UPS has been good when it comes to shipments of things. And I did have some an issue with an eyeglass place where I buy buy glasses. Where in their system, I put my address. I paid with PayPal, so. They shipped it to the PayPal address. Oh. Like, I put my address in your system for a reason. Not for you to ship it to a completely different address that was wrong, you know? Um, 
I mean, I, not everybody keeps their PayPal that much up to date. I mean, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of bad about that. So that was my fault. But if I'm ordering from a company and I put in a shipping address in the company's database, like you should ship to that address or contact me and say, Hey, our address in the system says this, but your PayPal says this, do you want to go, which one you want to go to, you know, not just default. So it was, uh, it was an hour away. Um, the, uh, the place that they, uh, that they shipped them to my old address. Fortunately, the, the, the postal service in that town was nice enough to run over there and grab the package for me and hold it. But wow, that's yeah. nice. That so is good on good on the USPS. Yeah. Um, but um, UPS actually, you can't get anybody on the phone. It's very very hard to get. You can't get like local numbers. Um, I had a package coming, and I figured it was sitting in their their place. You know, so it. It was literally like a couple miles up the road. I just go grab it. So I wanted to call them and say, "Hey, you know, is there any way I, we can make this happen?" Couldn't get a local number. You can't get local numbers for a UPS place at all. They they give you an eight hundred number. You call that, then you get somebody in India. They don't know, you know, what's going on at the local place. So there's no there's no way to get a hold of anybody locally which is completely ridiculous yeah anyway that's that's my um customer service rant like you should be able to you know if you're serving customers and you've got these these places that handle local customers they're they're essentially a local business at that point you should be able to get a hold of them so i i drove out there and the lady that was in office said no we can't do that but here's our local number if you ever need to get a hold of us because i mean literally they're right up the street um yeah but yeah i don't know it's just a it's a big inconvenience the movement to like we don't really want you to talk to anybody just use the automated stuff if the automated stuff doesn't work too bad it is and this this totally dovetails into um my buy local thing but i think mike was going to say something so before i start piling on mike were you gonna... no i wasn't going to say anything other than yes i agree to the buy local um shtick did he just call it a shtick i called he, it a shtick he called it a shtick he stuck it i don't know I stuck if... it <laughs> i think we should fire him <laughs> that's easy enough to do i notice <laughs> It's two on one. Yeah, the the uh, the uh, this these all all of these things that we've talked about so far are, relate and they're part of the same syndrome. Which which I believe, um, and I you know I'm sure somebody can argue and prove me wrong, uh, although I doubt it. Um, I, I believe it's all part of the whole. And I'm not blaming Amazon. I'm using Amazon as the example of the bigger picture trend here of um of commoditizing everything so you know you ups and fedex and all those places like that like you said drew the the places with local branches but they're national nationwide or worldwide companies 
I mean, to, to their customers, to every customer of a, of a local branch, they are a local business, despite, you know, where the headquarters are. And it used to be that you, you could look up in the, well, hey, kids, we used to have these things called phone books. They were physical things, and they had paper. And on the pieces of paper, you actually had numbers, phone numbers, and you could actually look up phone numbers of places in a region or whatever. Now we have this thing called the Internet. And you can do the same thing. But as Drew said, you look up on the internet <clears throat> um, and you're not going to find a phone number for a local branch of a national company. You're going to get some call center somewhere and and they're saving maybe you know $100,000 a year, whatever, um, per branch. And that's real money. And that adds up to be really real money when you have 1,000 branches. Um, and they used to be able to afford that before, and now I am going to blame Amazon. Amazon completely ruined the whole shipping business. Um, and they were aided and abetted by us who paid them a hundred bucks a year. And now it's like 200 bucks a year for prime to sort of prepay for shipping. Um, and then they, they basically took all the value out of the value chain that is shipping and ran it into the ground. And now there is no profit in shipping. Because of, and again, I'm blaming Amazon directly here. Um, but there, you know, my, the premise of my buy local article that's not really stated is that people like us, as, as you're hearing here, I'm, I'm willing, and by the way, if you or I try to ship something, it's 75 bucks to ship something. If a big volume shipper ships the same thing, it's like five bucks or whatever. Um, so as you know, at, at the retail level, shippers are getting all, every bit of value from, from us shipping things. It's the wholesale that's killing them. They're basically shipping things for below their real costs. And of course that's not sustainable. So when something's not sustainable, you have to figure out where to cut costs so that your costs match your price. And that's what we're seeing from I think shipping is a great example of that, but it's true in other things too. You know, there's lots of places you call and you get, you get a call center somewhere where, whether it's U.S. or not, where they have no idea what they're talking about. They're reading off a script and you get, you know, customer disservice, huh, which happens to be our next topic. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, customer disservice. Yeah, customer service is one of those things that's very kind of close to my heart. Um, I spent a lot of time in customer service, uh, whether it was, you know, sales for Walmart or things like that, Target, or most recently um, was in cell phone sales and service. Um, and for me, like, I've always always tried to treat the customer the way I'd want to be treated, you know, I I hate the practice of trying to push something on someone that they don't need or or want, um, especially after they've told you they don't need it or want it. Like the the thing that um, that kind of irritates me is the whole trying to knock down my or like if someone's trying to sell to me, they're they're just trying to knock down all my reasons for not wanting it even though the answer is still no, mm -hmm. like that, that's kind of, it's common in sales. Like, um, 
basically trying to convince me that I do want the thing that they're selling, even though I've said, no, I don't want the thing. Um, to me, that's not really sales. That's, that's just kind of... I don't, I don't even know a good word for it, honestly. It's schmales. Yeah, schmales. It's schmucky sales. Schmales. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, um, that's pretty much I ha all I have on that topic. Mike? Yeah, Mike? so, you know, one of the, the reason I put customer service on this list is that, you know, we are going to have customer service demands placed on us fairly soon. It's true. And uh, maybe there's a reason that, you know, we are sensitive to these issues when we're experiencing crappy customer service because the world is reminding us that we better do better um, right. when we get there. Absolutely. So there we go. There we go. Jeff, do better. Okay. Yes, yes, sir. We'll do it. That's one. That's one good thing about being in three different time zones. For customer service, you know, we. Uh, I'm an early riser. Jeff, you're in the West Coast, and Drew is in the middle of the country and somewhere. Um, but <laughs> I am somewhere. He's in yeah. flyover. He's in the flyover zone. Yeah. He, he's like in that. Uh, Middle areas. People, people bypass me to go to Branson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so no, seriously though, um, what I was going to say about that is, as far as customer service goes, that's a good thing because you have me and early riser waking up at four a.m. every morning. Uh, if ever there was a kerfuffle, I could pass it along to the guys that know how to fix things, and uh, we could get her done. Or, a lot easier than if there was, you know, you had to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Yeah, we'll have at least a little, a little overlap on coverage. Well, plus yeah, the, the Drew guy, you know, he works all night, all night on weekends, so he I can do. Be, do. He can and, yeah, that's true. And I'm often up late um, during the week because of that. Yeah. So he doesn't sleep. I do sleep, trust me, but it's um, lately I've been I've been tired more tired lately, um, like earlier. So I've actually been in bed around like twelve thirty, one o'clock, which is crazy. And then we've been waking up at like eight, which is weird. But you're saying that going to bed at midnight is early for you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, usually two a.m. Um, when I'm not working. Yeah, it must be nice for you young whippersnappers to be so young. <laughs> no, I'm one of the old guys who get goes to bed early and wakes up at four. Yeah, Mike's Mike's in bed by eight and up at and texting. He's he's messaging me on Discord at like four a.m. Well, we're we're usually in bed by about nine ish, um, nine ish uh, our time, which is midnight Eastern time. If I didn't mm. answer, I was probably sleeping. Well, sometimes you answer when you're asleep, so I'm not sure there's a big, you know, difference. No, I just, I, I happened to wake up at that moment and answered and then went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, how is my level, my voice, my sound level? 
Good. You sound like a radio disc jockey. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, and you're not like overpowering for once. And here we are on the Rise <laughs> show. Probably could definitely have to boost Mike. Mike Mike's Mike. Mike's Mike. Yeah. Well, we have some killer sound engineers in the background for post production, so that's not a problem. Yes. Yeah, I believe Elixirized uh, has um, we've got contracted the best. That's what I've heard. Uh, You've heard what? Everything about it. He heard that we contracted the best um, sound engineers. Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah, they're called Knuckle and Head. Uh, all right. So, what do we want? Do we want to take the rest of these in order, or do we want to hop around a bit? We this this was you know between two thirty and three ideas I threw on the thingy. So, I definitely want to get to a, at some point a progress report in our call for beta. Second. Beta, beta, beta. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. At some point. You want to anyway. now? Did Drew pass out? Wait, no, Drew is based town in Gorm T. Oh, wait. <laughs> uh, no. Um, okay, so what do we want to move to? Do we want to go on to... Um... You know, I don't know why you insist on talking to those gamers on your, uh, on your Citizen Coder podcast, because this is so much more fascinating, scintillating, and fun! Fun, fun, fun! I, I talked to your son last. I mean, <laughs> that, by the way, was a stellar episode. I had no idea what a what a, a true guru he is in the industry. He's he's, he's like awesome. an industry analyst. I mean, like I I do it. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I know he's my offspring, so of course he's awesome. But I didn't right. realize the degree to which I mean, he he really knows the industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, so do you. You you know it extremely well from. You know, a, a person who's passionate about it and is, you know, a consumer of games and you have, you know, you're sort of an inside baseball kind yeah. of yeah, that's my, guy. That's my um, yeah. He's very much like you, but he happens to also be in the industry. Right. So right. It was a really good conversation. Yeah, I had a lot I of fun really, with that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that episode, too. I was um, quite interested in the gaming stuff um i've been listening to a lot of your gaming uh episodes lately the one with the two german guys was quite fun too a little long but quite fun (laughs) you do know that um i'm the joe rogan of it right like that's yeah (laughs) long is kind of my stock and trade I know I have ADHD though, so I have to like you know, pause, go do something, hey, come hey, back. You listen to how you want to listen to it. Um, I'm there for the people like me that um, that are stuck at work and don't want to switch podcasts every five minutes. <laughs> that's that's kind of uh, kind of how I I decided to record them was just because you know I was I don't remember if I was listening to base camps. Or 37 Signals podcast, but it's like they're like 20 minutes long, maybe 30 at the very latest. And you know, after you've caught up with their backlog, like 30 minutes of oh shit, I gotta go change podcasts. 
Um, you know, and it's like that with some of the other ones too. They're like some of the elixir ones. I'm like, why bother recording anything if it's going to be 10 minutes long, dude? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a really good point. I, I never really I hadn't really thought about that before. But when I was when I had to commute during my uh, my tortured years, which were you know, like 25 years of commuting, mm-hmm. um, it, it was a pain in the butt. It was dangerous actually to if you needed to switch podcasts. Um, if you were just letting the episodes stream on their own, it was kind of okay. But you know, mm-hmm. it's monotonous after a while. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, so we, that's right. We're resolved. Heretofore, therefore, we will babble on for an hour. <laughs> yeah. At least. At least an hour. At, at least, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. we're already half an hour in. So that's right. Awesome. And, and we haven't covered anything yet, really. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That fourth listener, please don't leave yet. Okay. Stay there. Stay with us. It'll get good. I promise. <laughs> it'll get good. Um, yeah. Tw- give us 20 more minutes and it'll start to the quality will increase. That is really true, man. The last episode was, it was, that was quite a ride. Although despite all of your angst about the, uh, the sound, I thought the sound uh, turned out pretty good. Did I have angst about the sound? Oh, oh yeah. You had, you had lots of angst during oh, yeah. the recording. About, especially you were my bitter, sound. Drew. I think it's because you were so jealous of my broadcast quality, you know, that you just, you just couldn't, mm. couldn't take it. I think that must be in it. I don't know that I I hold any jealousy at all. <laughs> I don't think it was jealousy as much as just why can't I get my mic to sound right? There is that, yeah. There is that. It, it was it, it was irritating me. Um, yeah, um, but I did get it ironed out. I got it ironed out. Now that I figured out where the settings were on a Mac, <laughs> you know, there's a Mac for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's definitely a Mac for that. Um, okay. So learning new languages is next on our list. Um, I guess, uh, I'll, I'll talk about what I've been learning. Um, I've been learning, uh, <clears throat> Java, <clears throat> Kotlin, <clears throat> um, <laughs> um so I'm I'm brushing up. So I actually did a fair fair amount of Java um, in a previous life before uh, I was working in the oil field in Texas and learning Java. Um, so coming back to Man, it, that's a country western hit waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got COVID there. That was fun. Oh boy. Um, that was right right as the. Um, as COVID was making its first wave through and nobody even knew what the heck it was. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. Oh, so you got the first wave. Yeah, I think so. Were you really sick? Uh, yeah. Um, I was, but I wasn't like, I just, I mean, I've got like, if I had a superpower, it would be my immune system. Um, well, apparently not, given the fact you've gotten COVID like twelve times now. But yes, but I've but I've brushed it off like nobody's business. <laughs> you have. <laughs> Whereas I, COVID is my kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's barely affected me the the last couple times I got it. Um, the first time I got it, it felt like the flu. Like that's, I mean, mm. you know, as far as how it affected me, that's basically it. Well, you must have a good immune system. I do. I do. Um, I always tease my wife because 
Um, you know, she's from Korea and in the seventies they didn't have like formula. So they fed them basically, uh, water that's been soaked in rice for the calories. Um, so her immune system's not great and mm. anything I get, you know, I, I like bang it out in like three to four days and she's got it for like two weeks, even if it's like a cold. Yikes. Um, yeah. It sucks, but, um, but yeah, so, um, immune system wise, mine's, mine's pretty strong. Thank God. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know how we went from, oh, learning languages. I'm like, what were you even talking about? <laughs> how did we get back on COVID? Learning languages to your, your forthcoming country Western hit. Right. I got... You, COVID while doing Java on the oil field. That is that is a number one hit for sure. I, I'll buy that. Um. Anyway, so I am um, basically brushing back up on Java and Kotlin and. Um, working on learning Android thoroughly enough to build out our uh, Android mindery client. Wait, let me do a drum roll for that. Android mindery client. Yeah. Awesomeness. Um, so that'll be for all the uh, freeloaders out there who don't pay for anything. And then uh, Mike, on the other hand, is brushing up on his for the free iOS skills. That's right. That's right. Because there's please. an apple for that. <laughs> you know what they say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Is that true? Does it work? I don't know, but Jeff was supposed to do a but ump bump there. We'll have to add that post production. Okay, but ump bump. There we go. <laughs> post production. Oh no, we do all mouth sound effects here. We don't have a little machine. Yeah, <laughs> I am the machine. That's true. Isn't it's there a song like that? There is. Drew's there is machine. a song. I am machine. Oh god, that is epic. That song is awesome. Is we're, we're jumping ahead to that music that drives zoneness, but yeah. Mm. So, and then, uh, so Mike, how's, how's your, I don't remember how many times or how long you've been messing around with iOS and Swift and all that stuff. Yeah. Is this a refresh for you or is this a from scratch? Uh, I've been doing it for a little while now. Um, since, uh, this summer, uh, I had been doing flutter for at least a year or so. And then I made the jump over because flutter sucks. Sorry, Flutter fans. <laughs> Wait, say that louder so we can all hear it. You're saying Flutter sucks? I am. Yeah. It's uh, difficult to slog through it. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, not, entirely it, it's not that it's bad. It's just it's it's not my bag. Yeah, that's a, I, that's a good perspective, actually. Yeah, um, and I found iOS to be so much easier to play with with swift ui yeah. swift ui is great it is it's pretty awesome i dig it yeah um i haven't played with swift ui yet but 
Um, I've looked at it a bit. Um, well, you have a Mac for that. It's know. really cool. You know, it's, it's, you know, these, these repls. Um, Don't you think I have enough to learn? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> you are a machine. So to, <laughs> to put it in perspective, you know, there, there's these repls, like we have IEX for Elixir and we have, uh, I forget what the command line thingy is called in, in Ruby. And there's J shell mm. for, for Java. And you get to type in the, the, you know, the commands of the language and it's right there. You don't have to spin up an editor or anything right there. It shows you results of the thing you're doing in whatever language that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. As is typical with Apple, their version of a REPL is a full blown gooey thing where you do something in, in their, um, I already forgot the name of it. It was Swift UI. Is that what it's called? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a I, REPL, but it's gooey. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It is just, just mind-blowing. I didn't know it was is. I just learned something today in Xcode about um, using the GUI, and uh, it just blew my mind. I just drag and drop things, and I'm like, oh, this is so much easier than typing out everything and having to remember commands that, you know, my memory kind of sucks. I had a stroke about five or six years ago. And uh, so my memory's not that good. Um, so, you know, I go to Google stuff all the time, which that's a programmer's best friend. Par for the but course. Well, this there's, is a new, there's a new best friend in town, just so you know. You know, you just click Chat on a, a view for something, ChatGPT, for example. No. You just click on a view and the next thing you know, you can go over to its modifiers and there's a whole list of modifiers that you can play with. Yeah. Drag it and drag and drop. And then just add the, uh, the content you want to add in. It's amazing. And you know, from my memory, that's not, you're talking about in, in uh, Xcode, right? Yeah, Xcode, yeah. Yeah, so from my memory, that's the Xcode experience is not fundamentally different than the Android IDE, whatever that's called. Um, but like everything Apple does, most things they do, they, they take it to the next level. So at first glance, it's, yeah, okay, yeah, this is kind of, kind of part for the course, you know, any kind of GUI IDE, you know, you click on the control you're dealing with and, bunch of properties show up in one of the side panels or whatever, and you can do stuff with, but, uh, you know, Apple takes us to the next level. Um, and that's, that's why a lot of Apple apps, uh, iOS apps, you know, there's a distinct difference in user experience because it's just easier to do hard stuff. That doesn't mean it's easy. It's just easier to do hard stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's still hard, but it's easier to do the hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> is this a G-rated? Uh, oh no, this isn't a G-rated. Was, you can you can cut that if you want. Gather <laughs> mucking, cutting oh, drew on it, so it has to be G-rated, can it? I don't know who's <laughs> editing this thing anyway, but one of us can cut it. It's I think fine. it's head. Uh, maybe knuckle. Not sure which one. Uh, yeah, I just lost my uh, whole. Uh, in a former life, I was a pastor. I just lost all that uh, credibility. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, moving on, we've got side projects. 
So too many. Oh, well, hey, we, we, we need to, we need to do a plug for this guy who, who really needs the help. Um, because he's, okay. he's only had 817,000 people use his course. Who are you talking about? Oh, oh yeah. Back to the language thing. Go. Yeah. We're talking, I'm, I'm refreshing my never really had to do it for a living, but manage people who did, uh, right. Java knowledge. Yeah. Uh, so you're, that's why we're turning Elixirized into Javaized. Right? No, we're not. <clears throat> well, I thought you guys was... can start Javaized if you want. I thought that's can, what Mike. You can go Java away. But, that's um, just a nickname for Elixirized. It's just a nickname. <laughs> this is the Javaized episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poop. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So okay. you're you're this refreshing. Guy. Tim is it Tim Bachuka? Bachalka. 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 I'm sorry, Tim. Um, I, we are, I've been butchering his name for, well, since 2020 at least. Um, I think it's Buchalka though. Well, let's, we'll, uh, we'll put the proper spelling at least in the show notes. Yeah, but, we'll definitely do that. Um, for the three people who aren't painfully aware that Udemy, the course platform is a complete useless dumpster fire. Um, this one guy, this Tim Buchalka, 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 Buchalka whatever his name is, and it's okay if we mispronounce it because he's from Australia and you can barely understand what he says when he talks. Um, I can understand him just fine. I know. He's, he's got such a great attitude. He's, he's, he's so apologetic he's awesome. about that, and I can hear him fine too. But this guy is so dedicated. Not only has he maintained his course since like 2014 or whenever he's first put it out there, mm-hmm. um, and Java is, although it's a mature stack, you know, it changes and gets updated and things. He is constantly updating the thing, which is why literally 817,000 plus people have paid, you know, whatever it is, 10 bucks as a typical with um, Udemy's race to the bottom pricing structure. But even at 10 bucks, you get 817,000 people paying 10 bucks. First of all, it's the only reason that Udemy exists, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, because no, you know, who in the right mind would pay for any other crap on there? And, um, if this guy's getting a buck per course, you know, he's earning some good coin and he deserves it. It is, it is just amazing. An amazing course. Um, if I didn't have such a long list of things I wanted to do, I would do a course and model it, model it after not in Java, but in something and model it after this guy, just because it would feel so good to be that competent. Uh, and um, so helpful to so many people. So it's the, uh, do, you, do you have the name of the course handy? It's like a yeah, job. I got, it, I got it right here. It oh. is the Java Programming Masterclass Updated to Java 17 by Tim Buchalka. Um, yeah, and the thing about this course is like people are going to look at it and they're going to be like, holy good God, it's like, I don't know how many fucking hours. It's like 70. It's at least 80 now. 70 or 80 hours. I mean, he's, he, he's, oh, so currently it says 132 hours, but a lot of, <laughs> I believe it. Some of that is, uh, is deprecated stuff. So he moves, uh, well maybe. Yeah. So old content, he's got, a f- he's got some sections that are marked old content. They're from Java 11. Um, and they're, you know, I don't know, some hours, at least 16, 20, 20 some hours of uh old content 
But I mean, he, he basically, as he redo does them, he moves them into old sections and then redoes the section. And then when he's done with it, he, um, he removes it from the course because otherwise it would be like 500 hours because of all the Java eight stuff that used to be there. Yeah. Um, so he's, he basically, he keeps it up to date with the current LTS version. So when it was eight, that was there when it was 11, he, you know, he would deprecate the eight stuff and, and re record everything in 11. LTS now, now he's term support just so you know, you're, you're... yeah. Now he's re recorded everything for 17. So and the and course is huge. I haven't, I've been through more than the first 10 or 15 videos yet, yeah. but okay. all of those, he has, he has actually put slides up that spell out the words as he's saying them. So you don't even have to use subtitles if right. you have trouble understanding his English, yeah. but uh, which of course is not bad. That's what's so funny. This guy is so dedicated, maybe three people, you know, probably who aren't native English speakers yeah. probably say, Hey, I, I'm really having trouble understanding what you're saying. And so the guy is spending hours going through all this effort to, you know, just to remove that barrier. I mean, he's such a great guy. Yeah. Um, I also love him because he makes me look like a whippersnapper. This guy's been doing programming for 40 <laughs> years. I mean, oh, wow. when you, when you're at that point, why would you need to do this? Obviously, right. they didn't need to do it. He's just he's just a great guy. He's a born just, teacher. Just love this guy. Yeah. The, the sheer amount of exercises in this course are was mind-boggling. In fact, that was the thing that this was the course that got me to start understanding programming because I actually had to do programming. Most courses are video courses. They're like, oh, here's a little exercise. Oh, here's a little quiz. Um, this guy has exercises that you would see for like a uh, uh, interview. Like they're just, they're that kind of in depth. Um, you know, algorithms, um, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, and there's, there's tons of them. I mean, there's probably hundreds of exercises in this thing. Yeah. Um, back to give you a little history. Quizzes don't really teach you shit. Um, these uh these exercises definitely will. Mike, your turn. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. Back to give you some history. When Drew and I first started chatting on Discord, he's like, "You got to check out this course, you know." And I uh, so I checked it out and I jumped into it too because I follow Drew around wherever he goes, whatever language. He goes <laughs> we've been and, friends uh, for a good while. <laughs> we've been friends for a good while, and we've gone on the rabbit trails everywhere. Did we pretty much? Like, did we meet on Twitter or something? How did we start talking? We met on Twitter on a DM, and uh, we found out that we had a lot in common. And so you said, uh, hey, why don't you join my Discord and did a discode. And yeah, it was like two people, me else. and Mike. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I followed you everywhere from Rails to... We took a lot of rabbit. We took yeah, a lot of rabbit did. trails for sure. I did Elixir for about a week and a half. Um, I just, I don't know what happened. I, I got back into the. Um, I think you got back into the phones, right? Like Flutter and whatnot. Flutter and at that stuff. point, yeah, that's what I did. Um, and then uh, jumped into uh, 
iOS after that. But no, the funny thing is I, when I took that Java course, I really did start to understand programming and why certain things are the way they are. And uh, I, I didn't get super far into it, maybe like six or seven hours into it. And that was at Java 11. You were halfway to being able to get your first Java job, according to the description. Yeah. <laughs> I think he yeah, says, sure. I think he says yeah. you need like the first 14 hours is basically. Yeah, I was halfway there. Um, where, what he considers to know. be. Yeah. <laughs> you were so close. I was so close, <laughs> man. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a great course. Um, highly recommend it. In fact, anytime somebody asks me about programming courses, I always throw that one in there because um, I the only other one I would say that's really good on Udemy is this uh, Android one I'm doing. Um, and the only downside is, so you know he's a he's a father. He's got two kids. Um, works a full time job as an Android dev for a. Uh, company in the UK. Um, he tends to be a little slow at adding content. Um, and it's taken him a very long time to, to get it to a point where I would feel like, oh yeah, I could build an app, you know? And it's mainly because there's still no database section. Yeah. Um, but he's, I think he just finished the shared preferences and then the database section is next. Um, he took the summer off, and so now he's he's back to adding videos again. So, hopefully, hopefully this year he'll get he'll get that stuff lined out, and then the course will be pretty much good to go. But he's a great teacher, um, very much like hands on. Um, takes you into like using learning how to use a scratch pad, and, and uh, um, so you can have all these little scratch pads with um, bits of code and stuff that you've written. Um, hmm. Pretty cool. Nice. But yeah, outside of that, um, there's not a whole lot of great stuff on Udemy. So, Drew, uh, putting on my project management hat for a moment, <clears throat> uh, the fact that it might take this guy uh, quite a while to finish the course, does that imply that you're going to be waiting a while for the Android client? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. No. Thank you very much. No, no. Thank you. Nope. I'm, I'm just brushing up. Hey, so Mike, it's really interesting. You mentioned that you've you've followed Drew around a few places, and that, that sort of uh, sort of cements my impression of Drew. Is you know how they're you know how you can you can see you can recognize born leaders. You know, a born leader is the person that if there's a fire, uh, at, that's the person you follow outside the building. You know, just naturally, yeah. regardless of their title. I, I think Drew's a, a slight variation on that. He's the guy you follow into the burning building. <laughs> I would I would agree with that. Steve. I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through a few burning buildings with them already. Uh, but we did come out the other side, though. So we yeah, did. There you go. He found us the exit. So you're yeah, a we full. Had, we had to save some back people. Back later, there, Andrew. You know, people follow you both directions. We had to save some people. <laughs> yeah, we had to save some people, so we went in. Yeah, there you go. Sometimes we we only came out with ourselves, but. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. No, but that's how you learn. You know, you 
pick and choose things and you play around and then you find out that, hey, I really like this Android stuff or mm-hmm. I really like this Elixir stuff or I really like this uh, Java stuff or well, iOS. I would never say that, but yeah, we get you. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I like Java. Um, I don't know. I know a lot of people are like anti-Java, but I, I like the structure. I like the... Um, Java to me feels like, um, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It's, it's structured. It's well-structured. Unlike something like JavaScript, which feels like you're, spitting, you're spitting into a cup and trying to make a building out of it. Or, yeah. you know, it's just, um, it just doesn't. To, to me, JavaScript doesn't feel any kind of cohesive or um, definitely not structured. You know, it's kind of all over the yeah. place. JavaScript is like having a, a roll of Gorilla Tape trying to fix a car. You know, it just, <laughs> yeah. it, it just doesn't always work. You know? yeah. Hey, yeah. let's try this new section of things to do and we'll just yeah. get the tape out. Right. And then somebody decided that we should be able to do JavaScript everything database yeah uh, and and then someone decided they should write something called typescript to fix the javascript, JavaScript. <laughs> i don't know i'm sorry i apologize to all the typescript people that love typescript i have nothing against it i'm not i'm not real familiar with it so any any well, all my opinions are my opinions <laughs> i think this the serious point there is a couple fold. One is that, I mean, when I went to school, I didn't, I didn't major in computer science. That's, you know, that's why I'm, mm-hmm. uh, that's why I'm in computers now. Cause I had nothing to do with that when I was in school. But, um, um, when I went to school, uh, I had a roommate who, who minored in computer science and he, he basically took the core computer science curriculum in addition to his non-computer science major. And they were writing compilers. Um, and, you know, they were writing them in C and assembly and that kind of stuff. And back then, the idea that someone was going to be allowed to invent a new language um, was just unthinkable. That was just not even on the table. So the fact that we have people inventing new languages right and left just still boggles my mind. And it's, we live in such a great time where we have the tools at our disposal that anybody who has the, the moxie to do it and wants to spend the time and, you know, you have to be a little smart, but um, you don't have to be a genius. You know, you can write your own language. It's just, it's amazing. I, I just love that fact. Anybody that has the gumption. That's right. Huh. Gumption. Isn't that the name of your... Uh, base camp it, sure it is. is that's that's my <laughs> username that was a quick uh, plug that's my username and i think uh i think in github too i'm not sure it's gumption something where gumption where and i have a gumption i have a gumption is one of my things you know what i mean um i don't know what you mean okay that's fine let's move on shall we Okay, so 
That's a nice uh, segue into too many side projects versus the value of multiple <laughs> activities to preserve our sanity. Right. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. What the heck? Too many side projects versus the value of multiple activities to preserve sanity. Wow, that's a loaded topic. That almost needs an episode on its own. It probably does. Uh, And a few blog posts. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm too distracted to do another blog post. So, well, that actually uh, tweaked me. So maybe I'll write one. Um, But yeah, so. Too many side projects versus the value of multiple activities to preserve sanity. Uh, There is definitely value in having multiple things to work on or do. um, Because when you, especially when you're in the slog, um, when you're in the churn, um, it's very easy to get burnt out. And just want to step away from something completely. Exactly. Um, And I know that feeling well because I've spent, you know, too much time in the, in the tutorial hell trying to learn to code. Um, And, you know, finally getting out of that. Uh, But, you know, one thing, you know, so what I would do is I would, you know, I'd burn out and then. Okay, let me try a different language. Maybe, maybe it's. I couldn't figure out what it was. I couldn't figure out if it was the, uh, if it was the fact that I was spending too much time on one thing, or if it was just, um, yeah, I didn't know what it was. Um, but you know, when you're when you're working on a, you know, we've been working on Mindery for what? Is has it been since June? End of June? I forget. Six months? Five months? Four months? How long is it? How long? We're, we... we're coming up. We're getting close to six months, but I think we're going to be in. Well, we are technically in production, but I think we'll have users. Yeah. Using it before we hit the six month mark. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. It. <laughs> uh. We, you know, we we've, we've been working on it pretty pretty steady, pretty nonstop. Um. And. You know, in the in the first few months, you know that that's kind of all you're doing. You know, you're just anytime you get spare time, you're just working on it. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I've definitely felt some um, uh, some points where, especially over the last maybe couple months, where I've had to kind of, I mean, we've all stepped away at times. You know, whether it's vacation or or, you know, um, just, you know, take, taking a little time to, to, uh, to not work on it. Um, because if you, you know, you keep, you keep chunking away at something for too long. Yeah. You'll hit, you'll hit a spot where you just kind of burned out. You don't want to look at it. You don't want to think about it. Um, and I think having, having something else to work on kind of really helped. Um, I know, so one of the things we did was when we decided that Elixirized was going to, was going to be a thing, um, maybe a few months ago, um, we started building a website for it. So then everybody just kind of, you know, dogpiled on that here and there and jumped in and started, started building and, and working on that and 
doing design work or whatever, just kind of a way to, uh, to keep, keep in the work, but not necessarily, uh, get stuck <laughs> in it. Um, or, you know, just, just a way to break up the monotony. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's a sort of, at least to me, a magic secret there that you're alluding to, which is that by seeming, you know, seemingly jumping around, we didn't jump around that much, but mm-hmm. like you said, we, we, we thought of this idea, you know, mindery, you're one of your ideas you've had batting around for a while. And we started, you know, started working on building that. And then we, and then we jumped back and forth between that and Elixirized, you know, doing some blog posts and some content. And if you did some awesome work on design, you know, behind mm-hmm. the scenes and, and we could see progress, you know, every week we could see, you know, tangible progress being made. And I think that's sort of the, the, the secret to getting things done. I know that this sounds just dreadfully obvious to everyone, but um, at least to my brain, seeing a little bit of progress every day or at least every week is the magic. That's mm-hmm. that's what keeps me motivated and keeps me going. And to your point, yeah, it can't be the same thing. You know, everything, there's, the, you know, there's a common refrain out there in the SaaS world that no matter or in this startupy world that no matter how exciting something is when you first start out or even the first few months or first year for years or whatever, everything eventually becomes a job. Mm-hmm. And, um, my twist on that is that every activity or every endeavor that we do quickly becomes a slog and mm. to keep us kind of out of a slog or keep us sort of above that slog. I think that's the, you know, the variety is the spice of life thing. In other words, that's a short, that's a very long way of saying I embrace my ADD with all my heart. Oh, did yeah. you guys fall asleep? No, um, <laughs> I actually thought Mike was going to say something, but. <laughs> I was. I was going to say something about that. And uh, being above the slog, that's a, a great way of putting know how do you find those things i think it's just in the natural order of what you like to do and, uh, pursuing those things on the side but also knowing the balance when to get back into the the grind so to speak yeah balance is a great point yeah. i i definitely find that when I, when my life doesn't feel balanced even if, I'm, even if I'm doing a lot of fun things, which I've been doing the last week or so, I, <clears throat> yesterday I sort of hit the wall, and or maybe it was the day before. Anyway, the, the other day I sort of hit the wall and said, "It, it doesn't. It's not helping me anymore to 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 flitter around to all these techie things. My life is out of balance. You know, I haven't mowed the lawn. I mean, that really wasn't what I was thinking, but it's things like that. You know, when I when I get out of balance and I'm not doing stuff in all the domains mm-hmm. uh, of life, I yeah, I kind of get out of whack. I think that's probably true for most people. Yeah. Or I'm just super dysfunctional, which I, I own. <laughs> very much. I own that. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, actually, one of the things I was I was thinking about was I actually heard a podcast, uh, 37 Singles podcast, where they sort of addressed, um, I think Jason Freed maybe was talking about 
sometimes you just want to see something happen. And so they do the same thing. Like sometimes they just want to see some progress. So they'll go do a little thing that you can see that makes some progress. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that really actually resonated with me. Um, especially since I tend to beat myself up when I take an aside. Um, it's just, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but a learning to be kind to myself more and, you know, not beat myself up over the, the dumb crap that is just actually just part of, part of life, you know, um, Realizing that, you know, it's okay to take an aside sometimes. It's okay to step back and say, hey, I need a little break, you know. like, um, got to find your equilibrium again, you know. Um, and I'm waving my hands around as I talk. <laughs> you can't see this, but... Um, there's a balance there. Yeah, there, there's a balance there, and there needs to be. And um, sometimes stepping away and doing something completely different. Sometimes maybe doing a little bit different project if you still kind of okay. in a Cody mood. Um, but yeah, just finding the balance. Yeah. I find that for me, it's always the things that I'm passionate about on the side. I, I have a lot of passion, uh, and, uh, like music, for example, is a, great passion of mine and so uh, you know I get my guitar out and I'll just start jamming around in my room and having a good time and just gets my mind off of things for a while and then I can get back to the code and look at it and it makes more sense to me or you know I'll wheel around and I'll get to my uh, destination and do something else with some friends or something and right that that uh that works for me too you know, just getting together with other people sometimes or mm-hmm. that and ideas around with Drew over, you know, the midnight oil, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can be fun, you know. I, I love tossing around ideas. Um, yeah. Uh, ideas are kind of my... Your thing. Yeah, they're kind of my thing. I always have tons and tons of ideas. Um too many. You're a man of many talents, too. Um, for example, uh, I don't want to toot your own horn there, but you're a musician, a writer, a coder. You know, there's a lot of things you do that you can play around with on the side. To burn, you know, a game developer wannabe. <laughs> wannabe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely a wannabe. <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. I'm sorry if it came across. No, 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 poorly. no. It's fine. Uh, I know. I know what you meant. Yeah, I, I do like to dabble. Um, I like to try stuff out. I believe you meant, Mike. I think you meant game developer journeyman. <laughs> journeyman. Yes. Yes. Uh, Thank you very much. Well, I think Jeff. I think your Java skills might come in handy at some point. Just throwing that out there. They might. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, game development. Um, oh yeah, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you have anything else you want to add to this segment? I was just going to suggest we segue to the Mind Progress Report. I uh, I like it. 
Let's do that. Minder. Have we made any progress? Oh, wait. <laughs> I think we had some have. progress. Didn't we have some progress happening? We do. We are live in production. Well, we're in production. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're breathing. Uh, we can send text messages to people when their reminder comes up um, for the appointed nag time. Nags go out. People receive them. It's pretty cool. Wow. Ooh. I need to test that functionality. I have not yet um, because I didn't know it had actually that part had been pushed to production. So that's already it, been pushed. It actually hasn't. You're right. You revealed a little lie I just told that oh. I didn't, didn't remember. I haven't done that yet. But by the time this airs, that will definitely be in production. Oh, that's Is, is this going to air um, sometime in the next week? Well, you know, you know how knuckle and head operate. So uh, it, it'll be a, <laughs> a week or two. Yeah. A week or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's awesome. Um, I guess one of the things we need to think about doing. Uh, maybe we don't. I don't know. Maybe we should. Uh, we can talk about that after. Um, I'll, I'll make a note. But. Um, well, I, th I think we can. We can certainly encourage our vast audience <clears throat> to go over to mindreapp.com and uh, sign up. Sign up to join the beta? Yeah. Yeah, definitely do that. Um, in fact, I talked to my nephew today, and he didn't know what I'd been doing. And I was telling him a little bit about it, and he suddenly got all excited because I told him that one of the things I do is uh, I sign up for free trials of stuff with different emails. And he's like, oh, my God, I do the same thing. And I always <laughs> forget. <laughs> he's like, I am totally signing up. So I gave him the uh, the website. And, uh, yeah. Um, apparently, Martins are of like mind. We, we, uh, we sign up for things for free trials. And we try stuff for a little bit. And then sometimes we forget to cancel them. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think Just, this is a ubiquitous yeah. um, state of being human in the modern world. I mean, we all have things that we yeah. signed up for, whether it was a trial that we forgot or something we actually signed up for and intending to pay for it. And then we haven't used the darn thing for a year or a year and a half or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I know you, you've discovered quite a few things that you had signed up for and... and uh had forgotten about that you were paying it's, for it's funny yeah i think one of the one of the very first things I, I discovered when we were first starting this is i discovered that i had been paying for a digital ocean uh, instance for the last couple of years and it was like 20 bucks a month or something mm. and um i discovered that um you know when i was just looking through emails and things um while thinking about mindery and and starting to think about the, you know, implementing the first use case and all that. And, you know, I canceled it and saved 20 bucks a month. I was just reminded of that because I actually re re upped that relationship for one of my too many side projects from work. Um, and I'm, I'm paying like 12 bucks a month now, but you know, I'm actually using it. And thanks to Mindry and having that be top of mind, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm now thinking about it. Um, 
In fact, my wife and I went through a bunch of things we've, we were paying for uh, the, over the weekend. We were looking at our money stuff, and we canceled a bunch of things. Um, nice. Yeah. I mean, this is, there are tons of other apps like this. This is intentionally very simple. Um, so if, if you go over to mindreapp.com, one of the links there is actually to join our Discord community and uh, chat with us in real time and, you know, kind of help us set the direction for future releases and, you know, get real yep. time, real time. You can beat us up in real time about things you find that you, uh, you like or don't like mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. We want to hear what you have to say. There's definitely a lot of um, features that could be added or not added, you know. Um, but For a limited time, we are your slaves, so take advantage <laughs> of that. For a very limited time. What he said. Uh, Indeedy. Cool. Well, that's awesome. I, um, I'm, I'm actually really excited about, about this next step because, um, you know, uh, Mindery has been an idea I've had stuck in my head since at least, say, 2019, 2020-ish. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, kind of seeing it come to life has been uh, a heady dose of both um, pride and also humbleness that, um, that Jeff, that you and Ithia decided to... Uh, uh, I don't know, jump in and, and, uh, help me build it. So, um, you know, a big, a big fat thank you for me, even though, you know, you're not going anywhere, but, <laughs> uh, well, thank me when the bucks are rolling in, uh, man. Thank you. All right. I'll save it. Uh, when, when the bucks are finally rolling in, I'm I'm going to come visit. So, We'll yeah, I'm not sure how much more time you guys have, but but that is a, a great segue into one of the topics uh, about getting stuff done is actually really hard. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're definitely, I'm feeling that with this. And, um, it sure. might just be because I'm a whiner and that is one of my hobbies. So thank you very much for that. Um, you are. It, man, it is. You know, on one hand, I sort of have sympathy for people who have crappy customer service and, um, you know, really are useless empty shells of their former greatness, but not really. Um, the, the point is that it, it is hard to get, it's, it's really hard to do stuff. I mean, it really is hard to finish things. Um, everyone, you know, I'm sure everyone listening to this is of like minds um, and all of us who have ideas or in the case of drew 7,000 ideas every day, <laughs> um, there, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's really hard to go from an idea to actually getting something done, you know, actually getting something where you, in the case of a software product where you can actually deploy it to a, a real production place and it actually works and, you know, you can kind of deploy it again and, you know, that's repeatable and, that stuff is hard. I mean, it is really hard. So, you know, we should definitely feel pretty proud that we've gotten this far. And I have to tell you, I have a newfound respect for everyone out there who's 
thrown together a SaaS product, you know, I say thrown together, quote unquote, you know, who's yeah. slogged through the process. I mean, it is a slog. No matter how excited we are about it, it's a slog. And uh, my, right. hat, my hat is definitely off to many of them, which for the record is one of the reasons why I, I have been paying for SaaS stuff, you know, for over a decade in some cases, in part because I'm just like the people doing it and I want to support them. Yeah, it's it's definitely not easy to get a real product out there. So um, I definitely yeah tip my hat to anybody that's uh, that's launched a product, you know, whether it failed or not, like it's still it takes a lot to to get something done and out there. Um, that's actually why I buy a lot of indie indie uh, games. Um, because I know how much effort it takes to uh, to get something done and, and put it out. And some of these guys have spent like, you know, four to six years of their life on their, you know, their passion project. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's not easy. Yeah, that that is just amazing. You and Charlie were talking about a couple of those guys um, on your Citizen Coder episode. I, I forgot what you, one guy spent nine years, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I followed this one guy um, on from one engine to another engine, back to that first engine, back to this. <laughs> he went, he went back and forth twice before he finished the thing. Um, he went from, I think it was called stencil to unity. And then he went back to stencil and then eventually he went back to unity Um but he was an artist, not a programmer. So, um, although he did eventually learn how to program, and that's why he wound up staying on Unity. Um, but you know, he he was never one. He's a really nice guy. I've talked to him on Discord and Twitter both. Um, he's never one to like. He was always even keeled. You know, like I've seen some dev devs like just get completely blasted and burnt out. Um. And maybe he was feeling some of that at some point. I don't know. Um, but he always just seemed like real level-headed. You know, he kind of, he knew what he wanted, you know, and he played with different art styles and stuff because he was an artist. And, you know, he was hand-drawing all his art and everything. Um, and uh, his move to Unity part was partly because he found a new way to do animations easier. So he could do a lot more with the art that he drew, so... Um, but yeah, just, you know, that, that stuff is super hard and, um, anybody that can push a finished product deserves a real big hand because it's definitely not easy. Yeah, definitely. Especially when there's so many shiny objects all over the place. Shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, shiny objects kind of relates to um, the other thing we talked about, which was the too many, yeah, yeah. The, you know, too many side projects versus versus you know just having multiple activities. Um, well, yeah, that's that's the flip side of multiple activities, of course, which is it's so easy to 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 cross that line from. I'm doing enough different things to sort of keep my mind out of the slog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, 
but you can easily slip into a different kind of slog, which is the shiny insect or the shiny insect. Shiny insect. Yeah. That's a different one. I stay away from shiny insects. insects. In fact, I stay away from insects in general. <laughs> <laughs> but when everything is shiny, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah shiny, that's true. Happy people. Um, you know, I, one thing we do in, in our discord is Jeff is, you know, we, we throw around ideas all the time, you know, we're constantly evaluating ideas to see if they have any stickability or, um, and I, I really actually enjoy that a lot because it gives me uh, just, you know, selfish reason for me, but, um, it gives me kind of a forum for, for the ideas without, uh, well, a having to dump them on my wife. Um, uh, one thing about spouses is that, at least in my uh, experience, is that you have to be careful not what you tell them. I don't mean this in a way that, um, you know, but it's real easy to, like, be excited about an idea, you know, and you tell them about it, and they're like, oh, he's going to do that. And then... You're like, oh, okay, that idea didn't pan out. Oh, I'm excited about this other idea, and then all oh, that one didn't pan out, and then you feel, then you seem flaky. You know what I mean? Um, well, of course I know what you mean, as does every other person with a spouse right. or significant other, right? Who so, uh, thinks of seven thousand ideas per day, and yeah. and yeah, you have to not tell them about ninety nine percent of them, right? So in in this in this way, it's good that we have a forum for doing this. Because we can kick around the ideas and see if they have any legs, you know, see if they're going to get up and run or see if they're worth even taking a harder look at, you know. Um, and it's provided me with a much needed outlet for for the ideas, you know, even if, yeah. we, even if we don't um, get at them at some point, you know. Yeah, speaking of which, um, kind of on that note, um, my bride is very excited about our multiplayer educational card game idea. Okay. All right. And uh, she has mandated that after you guys get done with Minder, you got to do that one next. So. I, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm good with that. We could do that. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. I like, I actually uh, really like that idea. Um, and I've had that kind of spinning around too. Um, I've actually been, that's part of the reason why I've been evaluating game engines lately. <laughs> um, I don't know if you knew that or not, but um, I've been. Um, I've been playing with, I played with default a bit. I've played with, um, uh, love 2d. Um, I played with that a, a little bit actually, um, you know, doing some rudimentary coding in, in Lua. Nice. Um, it, it feels very much like a functional programming language, which is cool. Um, you make modules, you know, not classes per se. Um, although you can do object oriented with it if you want but it's it's actually a procedural language more like c i guess um but it feels like a functional language because you're just writing functions um and uh yeah so i've been kind of kind of kicking the tires on some of that stuff um there's one that i want to look at um which is uh called um lib gdx um, it's a, you can use Java or Kotlin or both. Um, it's, so it's a Java, you know, it was, it was originally a, 
<laughs> was originally a Java uh, based engine. Um, or it's really a framework, not an engine. So there's no. You want me to start selling Buicks in the bathroom? No. <laughs> <laughs> Buicks in the I just bathroom. like Java because what? it sounds like coffee, man. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't heard somebody selling Buicks in a bathroom? No. no. Buick! Oh. Buick! I thought that was um calling oh, out to the great white god of Ralph. Yeah, yeah, that, that too. Yeah, well, the, the word what's worse is Ralph selling Buicks in the bathroom. That's that's when you just leave the restaurant. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. Anyway, those are just a couple things I've been kind of kicking around um honestly that's cool um what is default is what uh charlie's using Default is what charlie's using yep um yeah. so the cool thing about that is that we could draw from his experience and well I, yeah i told him the other day that you know i haven't looked at it yet myself but i said uh i said uh, hey drew and i decided we're using default only because we we know we can come and bug you and you can help us yeah and also he, he happens to be doing a card game you know, right he, right so. yeah and he um and he's already built a big ass card game for wizards of the coast he has um, yeah. he built their well i guess he was part of the team that built their big ass card game so he has a lot of familiarity with card games so not um, just card games big ass card games. exactly <laughs> Ooh, that's a nice. We gotta, we gotta see if that's a name like that's available. Uh, Speaking no. of names available, Drew, did you pull the trigger on uh, on what you were talking about? And I don't want to mention it here because no, I was, was well. By the time this errors, you know, it's fine. I'm, you will have had you know bought and discarded three or four different iterations of this. So <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> looking for a domain for my personal website for Citizen Coder. Um, you know, I I need. I need something, you know, both for like uh, portfolio reasons and, you know, putting all my non, not necessarily non-development shit on there, but I'd also like to post my writing. So I don't know if you know this, but I've written two full-length novels and several short stories. Um, and uh, I kind of would like to stick them somewhere for people to read if they want to. I know where you can stick them. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I mean, I could put them up on Amazon too, and, um, and just do the self-published thing. Um, I've considered that, but um, I haven't. I haven't pulled the trigger on either one of those things yet. But but yeah, you are definitely the king of threads. You get a lot of threads going. I do. I, I feel bad. <laughs> uh, so many shiny objects. Um, well, I, I know that if, if you go look right now on your favorite domain registration place, mm -hmm, there's a pretty good chance that the domain follow me into the fire.com will be available. Oh, really? Yeah. Why did you tell me that? What's, because you're Cause the guy we follow them. into fires, not out of fires. Oh, man. Let's see. Yeah, it's um, it's 1028 a year. <laughs> and it's 7,000 characters. What people just love to type 7,000 characters for a domain name. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. Oh, that one wouldn't work. That's too bad. What, 7,000 characters? No. That's, in, that's a good in, name, too. Into the oh. fire. <laughs> uh, that's taken. 
Oh man, Mike, I got I got him going. That was a mistake. What did you do, Jeff? What have what, you done? What did I do? Oh, that's funny. Oh, <laughs> follow me into the fire is pretty long, but it, I assume it's memorable. That's memorable. Yeah. So I suppose that would uh, that would make a good domain, huh? I mean, nowadays, you know, the length of a domain name doesn't really make any difference. Um, no, as long as you can remember it. But I, there is a there is a limit, but that's definitely below the limit. I think the limit's sixty four characters, or maybe forty eight. What does that say about me, though? Like, if you were an employer, and on my no, I think I seriously, you need to get a citizen coder variant. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, because you you have a brand out there already. Yeah, and, I do. You know, mm-hmm. Yep, I've and already, it's coding. So if you don't like, a, I've already got a brand. I've already got a logo and everything. Yeah, if you don't like dot de or dot um, net, net or whatever, do dev. I mean, it's dot dev is mm-hmm. perfect for, you know, it's topical. It matches the topic. Right. Yeah. Um, it's cheap. You know, dot devs really cheap. I mean, I could. And you, you better have gotten it by the time we air this, or you're not going to be able to get it. I could. Take. Yeah, that's true. There's also a citizen, citizen coder codes, C O D E S. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of to me. That's a little. It's to me that is less resonant because we have yeah a bunch of dot devs out there that are communities for developers and that's fair. You know, I think I think dot dev has established itself as sort of a legit TLD. Oh, oh yeah, actually that is there. Oh, I've got it in my card already. <laughs> cool. I, I didn't realize it, so I guess. Oh I'm boy. Gonna, um, hey, Mike, how many domain names do you have? We we should have a. Uh, a I have a, two. You only have two. You only own two domains. Yeah, I I tossed a bunch of them this this year. Oh, you are so disciplined. I'm <laughs> I'm so ashamed. I know. How does he do it? I know. I don't know. I don't know. I've got more than a I few. I just didn't want to pay the yearly fees anymore. That's, that's fair. It adds up. It does add up. It becomes real money after, uh, you know, it's kind of like $500 toilet seats after a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> real money. Uh, $500 toilet seats. I thought I was signed in already. Or am I not signed <laughs> into this place? All right, let me try signing in. Anyway. Yeah. I guess I'm going to pull the trigger on... Um, but follow me into the fire.com is going to be mine. All right. <laughs> you jump on it. Well, jump on it before your better senses take over. Bastard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Rob Walling of, uh, startups for the rest of us fame and others, um, has a rule that he will, he will not let himself buy a domain name unless he's waited 48 hours to, uh, you know, for the madness to wear off. Oh, I could, yeah. I can understand that. Honestly, it's, Oh, I, I need to do that, but I won't it's real I can't. easy to get, to get, I am the... one of the most impulsive shoppers as drew can attest to. Um, it is very easy to get into the weeds. Hmm. With, um, Ooh, into the weeds.com. How's that? <laughs> no, that doesn't, it doesn't grab me in the same way. That's good. Okay. So I think I think it's okay. I think it'll be all right. Let's see I what happens. I think you're good. Uh, oh, now it's just giving me all the um. <laughs> uh, what's going on? Uh, yeah. 
Oh, I gotta add my card. Okay, I'm gonna take the dog out while you do that. Just you know, just so you know. I mean, but... talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeff's gonna take the dog out. What's that like? Walking the dog. Walking the dog. Oh shit! Maybe Jeff. Maybe. Uh... Oh man, that's another country western hit waiting to happen. I think. <laughs> Um, do we have anything else to cover? We can. I was walking the dog while doing Jabba in the Doyle field, and you, came you, back with COVID. You oh, meant, oh, oh my god! You <laughs> mentioned uh, building a magic solution for the slog. Is that a? Oh problem? yeah, we got to We got to talk about that next time. Um, I okay. mean, that's the ultimate product. Can you imagine? Oh, I can't. You know, somebody for only nine ninety nine a month, they can subscribe to this. Um, I mean, we, you know, I wonder if out of the slog.com is taken. We should, we should see. And, um, it just does something that keeps you out of the slog. Mm. That, that would be interesting. I would definitely be, I would definitely purchase that. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be into seeing what that was like. But, you know, that's the, the $64 billion app, question. What is the that? that first to the app store? All right, cool. Well, let's um, let's call this one done then. It's done. It is done. Better done. Um, Stick a fork in it, but be careful. It sticks back. Keep it ugly. Keep it real. (laughs) Sorry, that was a shout out to. uh... Oh man! Oh, don't you shout out to those PHP guys? Come on. We got to have a slogan line. What's our slogan? I don't know. We need one. Keep it slick. You know, elixir slick. Oh my God. (laughs) No. Keep it slick. Like deer snot on a doorknob. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're such a redneck. Wait, it's deer snot on a hot doorknob. I forgot that part. You know, you're a redneck if. (laughs) all right i'm hitting stop on this bitch (laughs) all right